Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint today. Our guest is Marin, uh, the CEO of OmniSearch. Hello. Uh, hi, Christian. Uh, pleased to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Nice to meet you. Please tell us what OmniSearch does. Right. So OmniSearch, we, we like to think of ourselves as building what we say is the future of search technology. And that is essentially to make uh, every single type of content just as easily searchable as textual content. So be that images, documents, presentations, videos, audios, literally anything that comes to mind in terms of content, we make it just as easy to find any kind of information, be that textual or visual information inside those as it is to find it inside text. So I guess that's the biggest problem that you solve, helping people find all the content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this actually you know, when when you think about the origin and the, the inspiration for the whole thing, it was when I was working at Amazon and just had a, a ton of trouble navigating through, you know, hours and hours of video training content. So that, <laughs> that to me and my co-founder seemed like a really, really uh, worthwhile problem to solve and to make available to businesses. And how does it work? What are the steps? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the steps are basically, th there's actually uh, fairly few steps, I would say, um, okay. because all of the content extraction is essentially done on our end um, without any need for, for any kind of, kind of metadata or any additional uploads or editing on the part of the customer. So you just okay. input the data, uh, the, the documents, the files, whatever. You just input it into OmniSearch, and all the extraction and all the indexing is going to be done on our end, and right off the bat, you'll be able to perform search queries on the content that you actually index. And you can either use it as a standalone product in a, in a web dashboard, if you're using it for your own files uh, or companies using it internally, or you can use the API to integrate it into your own site and to power the search functionality that you have there. Very, very interesting. But how does, uh, does it work uh, more technically? <laughs> so let's ah, say yes, I, of course. I, I, so I, technically, I upload a video and... Uh, and not not to you know uh, bore your uh, non-technical listeners with with all the nitty-gritty technical details. Yes. But off off the top of uh, off the top of my head, what what I can say is that we'll either map the the materials, the content to textual representations, okay. as is the case, for instance, in OCRing uh, images or or documents or performing speech to text, mm -hmm. or we'll use vector-based methods that are that are some of the more you know new. Uh, okay. new and advanced ones uh, using all the latest and greatest uh, advances <laughs> in, in AI to index the visual content. And so yeah. this was actually released fairly fairly recently, only a couple of days ago, actually. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, th that those two kind of interplay together. So it's either, the, it's either the more exact textual representations or the more, I would say, fuzzy uh, visual representations that uh, that sort of fit very nicely together and inter interplay very nicely together. Yeah, I'm not technical. I'm not a technical person, but I was curious to know <laughs> how it works. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Um, what is the pricing for your product? Right, so the pricing, uh, we basically have three main tiers. Uh, first of all, let, let me dwell a little bit on the elements of pricing. Okay. So the way that we usually price is you have a monthly subscription that gives you a certain amount of materials, that a certain amount of content that you can process on a monthly basis. And so this could be 10 or 20 or whatever, you know, amounts of audio, uh, hours of audio, video, similar with images and similar with documents. 
Um, if you go over that subscription, and these these will generally be from fifty to to two hundred dollars a month, if we're okay. talking about our our SMB uh, targeted offerings. If mm-hmm. we're going enterprise, then it's completely custom. Yes, um, because there will be a lot more integration, a lot more support, and a lot lot more other elements involved. Um, then, if you go over this this subscription, then we also enable you to as a one off payment to buy more quota to buy, mm-hmm. buy a bigger quota so that t- this is very useful when you're initially processing your entire da- database of content then you just pay out pay it something once and then you revert back to your original subscription so that it's more you know financially efficient for you yeah i understand i understand uh and uh, what i wanted to ask you what are your integrations you mentioned them main main ones Uh, right. Okay. So one of the, the I'll, I'll actually start off with with what our first really cool thing was that we built after we had launched the MVP of the product, and this was somewhere you know mid last year. So the coolest the coolest thing that we had built that we then started building at that point was an integration with a platform called Thinkific, which okay. uh, you can imagine as being like Shopify for online courses. Mm-hmm. And so we were among the first applications, the first application developers to launch an offering on there. And this was really amazing for us because we were we were targeting the education market because, you know, audio and video search is not really something that anyone else gives you or that very few other yes. vendors give you. Yes. So these integrations were really, this integration really got the ball rolling. We got our initial paying customers, initial traction through that channel. And it's been a huge help to us since. So in terms of the, the other integrations, in terms of getting, uh, getting the content into OmniSearch, we're currently developing integrations for Google Drive and other such main connectors that companies use for you know, either communication or data storage or anything of that sort. But by and large, what we do is we provide you an API. And that API can be used you know, using very simple scripts Um, it can be used to either uh, upload and ingest data into OmniSearch mm-hmm. or to perform queries so that you can then integrate that into your own sites and your own applications. That's great. Regarding what you said, I saw some people on LinkedIn advising that uh, uh, startups, uh, their MVPs should try launching on uh, uh, marketplaces like Shopify Marketplace. Uh, think, uh, and as you mentioned, you, you get a lot of traction there especially if you're the first one so a great strategy <laughs> yeah i think so it's a, it's a fairly i would say underrated strategy um because you know it does have its drawbacks because you still yes. need to do the development up front and you're still in charge basically of acquiring your own customers yeah. there's no you can't get those out of the box you still need to do your own sales and marketing but still you know it's it's a really really great way to piggyback off of a platform with a lot of existing traction. I've I've known a lot of startup friends who were able to achieve significant traction through yeah. those channels. I, I think Shopify is the biggest one or one of the biggest ones, but uh, there uh, there are uh, sure other small ones and you can uh, start there. <laughs> yeah, 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 it it depends though whether th- th- there's going to be a lot of really um, you know, prominent platforms that don't give you a developer API. And yeah. so if that's the case then you got to go talk directly to them and try to get the integration rolling but if you do have an open api that you can develop against that's amazing okay um and uh, what's your view on competition i i guess it's you don't have any competitors right now 
But the... I would say, well, I mean, I would say we don't have any like one-to-one competitors, yes. like st- straight, you know, head-on competitors. Mm-hmm. But we do always look at, you know, other companies in the search space like Algolia or Elastic or, or, or such competitors pseudo competitors i'd say that <laughs> that are predominantly focused on tech search they're incredibly incredibly good at that they've been around for a long time they do a hell of a job but i don't think that we really have something that would be a, a, a true competitor head on okay when did you start the company uh we started it uh so officially in april 2021 informally couple of months before when we started hacking on that and uh, the idea came from your frustration at uh, Amazon? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was uh, that was the spark that lit it. And uh, have you raised any funds? Yeah, we've raised uh we've raised 450,000 in pre-seed last year. Super, super. Very, very nice. Um and how big is your team right now? So we have seven people. Mhm. Yeah, and this this consists of, you know, myself and my co-founder, my co-founder Matej who leads the technical team. Um and so we have three more engineers, mm-hmm. one more business guy and a designer working with us. So that's that's already <laughs> a fairly uh, strong and efficient team. Okay. Uh and I love to hear your backstory. So I saw you worked at Facebook, at Amazon. I love to to hear uh... Yeah, totally. So um basically software engineer by trade, originally from Croatia. Uh, had a lot of work experience after college in uh, in Silicon Valley and in Canada. Okay. And uh, yeah, my my first foray into sort of the the tech industry when came as a intern at Facebook. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I worked at a uh, you know good venture backed startup called MemSQL or nowadays Single Store after after their rebrand. And after that, I was at Amazon where I worked on the AWS team and on the Alexa team. And so these were th- these two I always like to say were were both very they were very different teams and very different experiences because one was a very mature product mm-hmm. um larger scale phenomenal for lear- learning distributed systems but less less fast moving whereas Alexa was just yeah we got to get this thing to market and we got to <laughs> get it before I, I don't know some big wig talks to the press so <laughs> tight deadlines but a lot more freedom to ship So I would say that both were both were extremely good in their own ways. And do you have any advice for people that want to make this switch to being a founder? Who where where would I even start? I would say <laughs> that one of the from a purely practical standpoint, I would say uh it's it's worth it to accumulate some savings if if there's any way for you to do that. Yes. Um in addition or potentially um as as an alternative it's always worth i think having some sort of a a backup option by signing up for say freelance platforms so that whenever you know your runway gets too low you can jump in take some projects and and replenish that oh, okay Re- okay yeah replenish yeah. the bank account um i think apart from that it's worth for technical founders it's definitely my piece of advice is definitely learn to do sales and marketing learn to do the business stuff uh, a lot of a lot of technical founders will just prefer to you know stay heads down and and code and build amazing products but you got to you got to learn that you got to learn to talk to customers you got to learn to market the product you got to learn to um do social and a whole lot of these other things but why wouldn't uh, th- uh, they prefer to i don't know get a uh, marketing founder 
and the that's also are not see very good. that's also well we are we are two technical founders and this by the way if you if you took a, if you listened to conventional wisdom some six or seven years ago that was like that's that's better that that's the configuration that you need to succeed everyone should be technical on the on the founding team nowadays i think that the it has swung a bit more into the other direction where it's kind of like not really expected that you have um, many tech, like all the technical founders on the team. For us specifically, I'd say that, that it made sense because the product is very technically complex. Yes. So it's definitely better to have both people, both the founders understand it deeply rather than... Yeah. There's not necessarily a correct way or something like that. Yeah. Just uh, and, <laughs> and of course, discussing. like if you're if you're if you're a solo founder, also that that's one thing that we need to mention. Then it's definitely better to be a technical solo founder than a non-technical solo founder, because oh, okay. yes. because <laughs> if you go and outsource all the development to some yeah. outside agency, you're probably setting yourself up for a world of pain later down the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your favorite software? My favorite software. Wow, that's that, that's that's a pretty good question. Well, I'm when I was coding more, I I used to use Emacs a lot. Okay, I don't so know that. that's my my favorite text editor. Um, I got so used to it, and it was so incredibly powerful that I that I really really loved it. I mean, I, I find that Excel and other such spreadsheet software uh, that that's really really useful, and you mm -hmm. always end up end up having to master that. And it is really powerful. So I think those are those are really <laughs> good ones. And any other software that you use at your company or that you'd recommend to people? I don't know. A CRM. Well, we always or... we use a lot of Slack. We use mm -hmm. a lot of Google products. You know, from from Workspace to to Calendar to Meet to whatever. Um, Slack has in particular been really good for us. I I remember that I. I probably first tried it out in 2015, and I was a bit of a skeptic early on. But now it has sort of grown on me, and we. We all at the company love using it. Uh, what what else actually? I mean, there's a lot of really good marketing and sales automation tools. There's mm -hmm. something called Woodpecker for sending automated email campaigns and so forth. So these are really really good pieces of software. The Canva. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Canva. Canva's quick. Figma I can't use because I'm not a real designer. But <laughs> Canva. Canva for building a really quick presentation or like a resume if you if you need yes. or some sort of video. It's really really easy to use. Okay. Uh, and what's your main vision with the product? How do you see it? What's your end goal? How I do want you... every every significant site in the world using OmniSearch. Okay. To, to power their search functionality. I think that I I think that's the dream. Okay. Take over the world little by little. No, I'm ki I'm kidding. No, of <laughs> course not. Um, I think that you know from a more ta from a more tactical standpoint, we'll be doubling down on our education niche that mm -hmm. that we had so much good success in, and then also expanding into other ones like, for instance, media or e-commerce and such things where where search is really really relevant. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. And uh, is there anything else that you want to tell us today on the podcast? Well, I nothing really comes comes to mind off the top of my head. But the only the only piece of sage advice I can uh, I can tell you is, you know, just persevere. I think that in a, in a startup founder, there will, there will be so many downturns, so many times when when things are not looking good, when you can't raise money, or you know, customers or customers screw you over, or something like that. So it's just important to to keep 
keep on going, keep on pushing, and something good will come out of that. Uh, is, is this your first startup? No, second one. Ah, super. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for helping the community. And uh, I wish that your main goal <laughs> happens and uh, yeah. you get to help companies. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Christian.